I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike to tell you, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. On our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, Wilson Alexander, who covers the LSU Fighting Tigers uh, for the Baton Rouge Advocate, New Orleans Advocate. And Wilson, thanks so much for joining us uh, this Labor Day afternoon. Uh, we appreciate it, and man, nothing's going on at LSU, right? Man, good Lord. Uh, either you got a lot of news, or you don't have any. But man, after what happened yesterday, and the kind of firestorm of events that's happened since, and certainly, uh, man, just terrible news uh, about Mason Smith. And, uh, you know, I've known him for a few years. He doesn't live that far from me. His family doesn't. And uh, I know how hard he worked uh, this offseason, lost some weight, uh, got physically, got stronger in the upper body because he was a guy that could tilt the field. And to see on a sort of a freak play uh, for him to hurt his knee, uh, it's, you know, listen, things can happen to you in this world a lot of different ways, but that wouldn't have been one of them I'd have thought that's how he got hurt. No, it wouldn't have been because, you know, he just jumped. After making really an impressive play, you know, he blew past two offensive linemen, helped create a tackle for a loss uh, for one of his teammates, jumps up to celebrate that, comes down on the left knee awkwardly, and, you know, unfortunately has torn his ACL and will miss the remainder of the season. And you're right, it's just heartbreaking for Mason because he was in line, or at least seemed in line, for such a good year. He, like you said, put in a lot of work in the offseason. Coaches and teammates were raving about him throughout the preseason. He was just blowing stuff up whenever we could see practice. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a really tough loss for LSU to overcome without him in the middle of that defense. Yeah, the good thing is he's a young cat. He'll come back from this, be ready for for 2023. I know his work ethic and how much he loves the game. But for 2022, that's a big loss for LSU because you can say next man up, but the next man ain't in his area code as a player. Not even close. No, no, certainly not. You know, you, Makai Wingo and Jacoby Guillory are going to be the, the kind of next men up after him. Makai in particular seems to be the one playing quite a bit when Mason uh, left the game against Florida State. And, you know, he was an all-SEC freshman over at Missouri last year, had a solid year, um, but he doesn't have Mason's, you know, physical attributes. He's certainly not as tall. He's uh, about, I think, 295 pounds. Um, you know, Ellis was impressed with him during offseason workouts. He got uh, an award for, for how he performed during those. But, you know, he's not, you know, Mason Smith, a five-star, one of the highest-rated players in his class coming out of high school, a guy who was expected to be a star. You know, Makai, they're going to need to kind of mix and match some guys there. You can't just throw one person in there and hope, think he's going to play like Mason Smith. Um, but Makai Wingo and Jacoby Guillory, uh, you know, the next men up there alongside Jacqueline Roy. Now, uh, Wilson, what is your take on, on uh, obviously we had concerns uh, going back to the offseason and now it, and 
in the training camp and, and you know, August practices starting the season with the O-line. Uh, I'm looking at last year. I think you, you might have wrote this piece uh, where they allowed like 38 sacks, an average of 2.9 per game, so basically three sacks a game. And then I'm looking at, man, Jalen Daniels. Uh, I mean, his mobility, and he was sacked four times. Uh, so where do you think we're at right now uh, with the O-line? Because I think if, I don't know, if it would have been someone that's not as mobile as Jane Daniels, they might have got sacked six, seven times or eight. They, they probably would have. Jaden Daniels did a lot to create in this game and, and just keep drives alive, keep plays alive. You know, there were certainly some also some times where he ducked his head too early and, and should have kept his eyes on the field probably a little bit longer or, you know, made a quicker throw. Um, there was like a crossing route with Kayshawn that the ball to Kayshawn dropped. Um, he was wide open earlier in that route. And if Jaden sees it, uh, you know, a second or two, um, you know, earlier him crossing the field, you know, maybe you give Kayshawn room to run and maybe that's a touchdown. And, you know, the drive ended up fine. I think LC, I think that was one where LC scores in the 22 yarder to Jerry Jenkins. But, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a situation where, you know, Jaden's going to have to continue to improve, but yeah, this offensive line, um, if you don't have him back there, it's further exposed. This was not a great game um, by any stretch of the imagination for the offensive line um, gave up a lot of pressure uh, count, you know, those four sacks plus all the times Jaden had to scramble. Um, they kind of ha- have what they have on terms of personnel, um, but it'll be interesting to see what LSU does schematically to maybe adjust for that because when they started using tempo in a quick passing game there at the end of the third quarter into the fourth, that's when LSU had those three straight drives with a touchdown. Um, and the offensive line, you didn't see them nearly as much. There were still some, you know, some bad plays in there and, and some pressure, but, um, it kind of helped make up for the fact that they were struggling. Now, when you talk about schematics and uh, scheme and, and what you're doing, uh, boy, I, I, I hold the coaches accountable. Now, the players got to go out there and do it uh, because you have to be disciplined, know what you're doing. I'm talking about special teams. And everyone looks, oh, the kicker, he got the kick blocked or, or he missed it. But our protection, field goal protection, uh, extra point protection, it was like horrendous. I mean, uh, that's why I'm looking at Brian Pulley and uh, the special teams coach. Like, what are you doing in your meetings? Do you all have a walkthrough on the field to show the steps you have to take to field goal protect or for an extra point? I'm looking at uh, what occurred on that extra point. And it's a combination. Uh, Mason Taylor first, but Emory Jones even took, then do the proper footwork. And you got to be like an accordion, how they got to work all together and be uh, cohesive. And, uh, and you never get beat on the inside. That's like even high school. That's football one-on-one. How this is how you do not block for an extra point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty ugly. And, you know, you have to even go back to the, the first uh, block, the field goal, 30-yard uh, attempt there in the second quarter. Four State rushes seven guys on the left side of the line. LC's only got five blockers to that side. And uh, Jared Bur- Verse, you know, just sort of burst through between Cameron Wire and Tramon Shorts. It looked like FSU just sort of overloaded on one side and took advantage of a numbers matchup. Um, I mean, Tramon Shorts got like pushed to the ground, and you know they ended up making a personnel change and, and switching some things around, putting Emory Jones on that left side instead, uh, along with Miles Frazier, and then of course Mason as the guy kind of on the far end. And then Bradford, you know, further inside, they only had four, and Florida State rushed six against them. And, again, kind of numbers thing, and they didn't, like you said, that accordion is a, is a good uh, metaphor there. 
they didn't they didn't bend all together and move as one piece. And again, same thing happened. You know, Brian Kelly said we made an adjustment after the field goal, made a switch in personnel. That didn't work either. That's on us. So that's something that they're going to have to figure out because I mean that's that's some pretty basic stuff um, that you would have thought would have been addressed during the preseason, and now it's spilling over into the season and costing you games. Wilson, one of the things and Wilson, that we saw Mason missing that block, but man, as a receiver, I mean, he showed some big time talent. Okay, he's a big, tall drink of water, and he can run uh, for and, and you don't realize how big he is until you stand up next to him. He ain't no small guy for 18 years old. I mean, he's a legit 6'5", 250-pound, 18-year-old. And that, uh, he, he got open, made the catches, that sort of thing. So I think you're going to see more and more of Jaden Daniels targeting him because he trusts he's going to be in that spot where he's supposed to be. Yeah, Mason, you know, he had a, a really solid debut. He ended up with, I think, what, four catches for 50-something yards. Um, and as Elsie started using that tempo, got him even more involved. And, of course, he did. Uh, it was almost a little bit scary there at the end, but did a good job of, uh, I guess, at least getting down uh, past the marker so that Elsie could run one more play. And he was just steady hands, same kind of things that we'd seen back in the preseason. Um, you know, he's big, like you said, as a target. Uh, he was really involved in kind of those quick outs and underneath routes. Um, you know, not maybe the tight end is going to take the top off of a defense yet, especially with what else you had at receiver. Um, but he's sort of that reliable outlet that gives you another dimension in the passing game. And Jaden Daniels did seem to trust him. Ended up being LSU's second or third leading receiver in this game, as a uh, you know even ahead of Malik Neighbors and, and Kayshawn. and um, he ended up having a solid debut. You know, he needs to probably improve as a as a blocker, as a, particularly when he's having to kind of sit back there and help out in pass pro. Um, but that's stuff that's going to come with you know with time, and at least right now he, he's a pretty steady receiver. Now, uh, Wilson, do you get an explanation of why it's third down, uh, Kayshawn Booty? Uh, I mean. Uh, how are you not looking for the ball? You have a touchdown. I mean, on that play, I mean, if you, we talked about this earlier. Come on, if you want to be like uh, Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase and all, uh, you, you, you got to come up big time. Contested throws at the beginning of the game now. Good for the Florida State defensive back. He didn't come down with it. But to me, on that third down on that slant route, uh, Jaden Daniels, I mean, you can't pout. Uh, you have to be the number one receiver. You got to, you know, that's a couple of touchdowns you have right there. It's not like he wasn't targeted. He got targeted six times. I mean, uh, th- did you find out any tidbit about that or something? Like, what was he thinking on that play? Was he worried about the safety was going to tattoo him or, or hit him or what? That was a bizarre play. But you go back to the one, I think, right before that or, or soon before that, it looked like he was going to get targeted, and the ESPN, uh, you know, feed showed this that he sort of, you know, I think there was a, maybe a whistle, you know, blew the play dead, and, and he's you clearly frustrated, and, and even at a different point in the game, you know, he's on the sideline frustrated, and Daniel Daniels is trying to talk to him. Um, the reasons behind that, other than just not getting targeted and not being involved, and you know, not having his first catch until the fourth quarter, I don't, I don't know if there's anything other than that. Um, you know, Brian Kelly said that you know this was an instance where you know player pre- probably pressing and trying to do too much, and um, you know Brian Kelly said putting you know a lot on himself, and and that he's going to have to 
you know, as coaches, they're going to have to, to kind of work with him on that. Um, it was a, it was a strange all around. I mean, for LSU um, and, and Kayshawn, Wilson, you know, the way he crazy. Had sort of showed. That, that was yeah. one of the more bizarre games. Now I know opening season, sometimes you get some crazy stuff, but that is a really bizarre game because Florida state dominated that game for three quarters. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't know what that defensive coordinator for FSU was thinking of, but, man, you know, he's dropping people back way in coverage, and that played right into the hands of finally Dimbrock said, hey, listen, we're going to throw it short, and they ate him alive afterwards. Yeah, they did. You know, that quick passing game was really, really effective there the last, you know, 18 minutes of the game. Uh, that's when you saw LSU go, using tempo and, and running up to the line quickly. And Jaden Daniels said, you know, the slower we go, the more that we allowed them to go out there and make the calls and dial up the pressure they really wanted to. And once they started going fast and snapping the ball with more than 20 seconds on the play cock, not letting it tick down all the way to like five, um, that's when they started having some success. And that's probably what LSU's, you know, going to need to do the rest of the year. Um, you know, as, as bad as a game this was, maybe that showed what this offense um, is going to have to do in, in, in order to be successful. Um, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, maybe that's one of them. Now, uh, Wilson, I, I thought overall, uh, now they didn't get beat, you know, in a trick play and, the, you know, reverse flea flicker type play and then, uh, you know, the, the great catch. Uh, but, but I thought the outside cornerbacks uh, did overall a pretty good job. What was your take on them? Yeah, you know, we didn't end up paying too much attention to them in this game, right? But that's probably a good thing if, if you're not talking about them a ton. Colby Richardson uh, held his own. Makai Garner, other than getting sucked, uh, you know, in on the flea flicker, uh, he didn't give up any huge plays. Uh, Jark Bernard Converse, um, you know, the touchdown pass uh, that put uh, Florida State up seventeen and three. He was in coverage there, but that was a that was a really good catch uh, on the, on that on the Florida State receiver. And sometimes you have to kind of tip your cap a little bit on that one. You know, they. Makai had a, a good tip in the end zone using his length. And so, yeah, they ended up playing pretty well. And this was without seven banks. And so they're really only rotating three guys. So they had to play a lot of snaps. Um, and, and they ended up doing a, a decent job. You know, Florida State doesn't necessarily have like a, a game breaker at receiver. Um, but they've got some decent players at that, that spot. And, and LSU's corners uh, held their own, certainly, and, and didn't really allow anything other than that flea flicker again to get over the top. Wilson, uh, at the running back position, you really didn't get a lot of yardage rushing the football. A lot of times you're getting hit in the backfield. Uh, so it, it's hard to grade out that running back spot. Uh, we know John Emery won't play against Southern. When John comes back, do you think he's going to be inserted in there as the starter immediately? Or, or is it he's got to beat out Noah Kane? Yeah, it's interesting. We don't really know yet. Uh, to to give you the, the shortest answer on that, this was had already turned into a running back by committee situation. Brian Kelly said back in spring that it would be, and Noah Kane was getting a lot of the reps in the first team. Though, of course, you know maybe that was a product of, of John. You know, we knowing that he was going to miss two games. If John Emery though can be the explosive guy that we saw in the spring, and you know you don't want to make too much out of spring practice ever because that's really really reflective of anything that shows up in the fall. But he really looked good, uh, and if he can get back to that kind of player and do that, um, then you know maybe he can overtake it. But either way, this is going to be a running back by committee situation 
Brian Kelly said early this preseason that uh, we don't have Leonard Fournette in that backfield. They're going to be relying on those four different guys, you know, Emery, Armani Goodwin, uh, Josh Williams, and Noah Kane, uh, and trying to kind of use them at the right times and, and deploying them all in different situations. Now, uh, Wilson, uh, uh, what is your take? Okay, you're the coach, you're the special teams coach. Uh, does Malik Neighbors, you're giving that a chance to return <laughs> punts? Because we all know, he, I mean, you get the ball in his hands, but you got to catch it first. I mean, uh, and, and that right there, you cannot afford. Uh, first things first, you cannot have uh, two fumbled uh, punts without even, you know, fielding it. I mean, that can't happen. So what, do you, what direction do you think they go with that going forward? They are going to probably make a change at punt returner. Brian Kelly did not mince words about that after the game, saying that they are going to reevaluate that situation and that he said, you know, we thought that he could do it. And he, uh, you know, paraphrasing here a little bit, said, that, you know, he didn't, he couldn't do it. And that's on us. That was an evaluation that we missed. Um, and so Malik is, is probably not going to be your punt returner uh, next week against Southern. You know, maybe he gets a chance later in the season if he can go out and practice again and prove himself, but he's going to have to show that he can do the basic stuff, just catch the fair catches um, before he gets back out there. Uh, they are going to probably make, they're going to make a change at punt returner. Uh, who it's going to be, we'll see. Sage Ryan is probably the next man up at that spot. Uh, he's fairly Besh. dynamic with the ball at times. And uh, you say Besh? Besh. Well, Sage Ryan was the next man up in the preseason. So okay. okay. I would think okay. that he's uh, probably your next guy here coming into week two. Well, you know, Wilson, you don't want to get to the point where coaches hollering, I just want somebody who's going to catch. I don't <laughs> care if we don't get a return, a fair catch, whatever, because uh, sometimes you get to that uh, point where uh, I know even the Saints, uh, they, they've done that with Jarius Bird. They did it with Lance Moore, Moore sometimes. Yeah. That, hey, just go field the punt, not 99 out of 100, 100 out of 100. It doesn't matter if you don't get any yards, but, you know, you want to have a guy back there who can catch it and, you know, get, uh, you know, average, you know, 10, 11, 12 yards of return. But, uh, that, yeah, that, that's something I, I don't – look, I don't care who you play. And it's even amazing that uh, that should be minus one, but two fumbled uh, punt returns, that, that they, they're even in that game. Yeah, it was kind of not even throwing in a blocked field goal and yeah, a blocked extra, extra point, point yeah. that, that you're still there. Why I said Besh was he told me in the offseason, I, I want to convince Brian Kelly that I can return punts and kicks. Then, it, you know, maybe it's, an interesting, it's an interesting shot. Now the door is open. And who you brought up in Sage Ryan, he's, he's had some experience certainly in, in doing so, but – Besh, I think, was sort of lobbying, so I think you might see him out there at least try out, so and, to speak. And, Wilson, I want you to comment on uh, when I was saying, okay, if somebody had told you before the game LSU was going to have two fumble punt returns, and, and deep, you look where they were at, and we'd have had a field goal block and an extra point block, what would you have thought? You probably wouldn't have thought it would be a one-point game, no, right? No, he'd have called me and said, Mike, where can I place that bet? <laughs> on Florida State. <laughs> I'll start with the best thing just real quick. You know, it, it wouldn't be a shock necessarily if he, if he got a chance to return. You know, Jackie's a competitor. That, that does not come as a surprise that he was lobbying for that. Also, you know, he was out and or at least limited uh, for most of the preseason, so that might help explain why he wasn't part of that group 
uh, returning punts. So maybe now that he's fully back, he gets a chance. We'll see. Uh, but Sage Ryan, I think, was still the backup at that position, okay. and we'll probably get the first crack. Uh, as for what you said about whether or not they would be able to have a one-point game with all that went wrong on special teams, no, I would not have expected that. It was kind of incredible that they even had a chance there at the end because this was a disastrous performance on special teams, and that's maybe putting it lightly. This did not go well at all, and LSU's going to have to get back to the drawing board on special teams because these are little things that should not happen and probably can be addressed fairly quickly, but you also would have thought that this wasn't an issue coming into the season. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Man, we really appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of Labor Day, and... uh, it never ends. Never ends at LSU. That'll be something come up tomorrow, Wednesday. You can bank on it. But we appreciate you coming on with us this Labor Day Monday. Thank you, Wilson. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good rest of your night. All right. Wilson Alexander, who covers the LSU Fighting Tigers football team for the advocate and I guess how you call it, New Orleans advocate, Baton Rouge advocate. But he covers LSU for the newspaper uh, on The Advocate. And we'll be back with more second guests right after this news break here on the Big 870. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.